Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. And welcome to the Say What Show for the last day of September, September 30th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Walt Silva, Mona Radler, Yasmin West, and I guess Bob West is there too with Yasmin. But we can't get, Yasmin was having trouble hearing us and we couldn't hear her either. She wasn't, I don't know if she was talking actually. But um, do we see anything, Walter, that's happening that's different? Walt, can you hear me? You're muted. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Walt, you're muted. Can you hear I'm me? I'm muted. Yes. Okay. That's why I had to un- unmute. I, like I said, I, I, I see that the, uh, the camera setting is on. It's just that the camera, the, 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 what do you call it? The cover is on on the camera, so there's no image. Right, uh, but uh, so, but I, I wish I wish she would say something at least in chat that uh, uh, only you are typing. So I don't know what's going on. I don't either. Ah, oh, there. She's... She shut the camera off. So. Okay. So All she, right. was, she heard something. <laughs> she heard you. <laughs> Can you hear me, Yasmin? No. So she took her camera off, but um, <laughs> she still isn't there. <laughs> Try. She Try. must have like four microphones. <laughs> okay. Um. Now she's just. Oh, see, it's, it, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they're gotten too sophisticated. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll, now they have their own radio program, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So we'll just let them play until they can get on here. Um, as long as we're we're sort of uh, not getting there. Um, uh, Mona, uh, Sean Mor- Morton. Um, Sean David Morton. Sean David Morton um, has passed away, supposedly from cancer. Did you know him? Yeah, personally. That's what I thought. Um, Can you just talk to us about him? Because very few people, I I bet now, uh, he was very, very popular when I first started out. And um, Just give us a rundown of, of, of him, please. I can't say that he's actually passed. Because I see in his Facebook um, that he's still here. And it's not him writing it, it's his wife, Melissa. But Sean David Morton was one of the first, let's say, journalists um, that was at Area 51. So he was really high and mighty and basically the um, not normal. <laughs> kind of conditionings in that he got chased off i mean oh my gosh the stories he could tell his mother was real big with a lot of the 
Hoopla in California. She was like some kind of actress or something. And um, the father was down in Mexico curing a lot of the diseases that Americans have been subjected to. And um, he basically had five days a week, Studio A at six, was it six or four? It might have been six. Yeah, he would send me Valentine's, and we'd talk, and I've been and met him personally at some of the Hawk Fests uh, for Revolution Radio, and um, he, he's a character, but as far as I know right now, he was having, they put him in jail, supposedly, for tax evasion or fraud, which was a crock of crap. Um, they just wanted him out of the system so he couldn't say a bunch of stuff he's written a bunch of series called sands of time that were basically like from the um oligarchs or the uber goobers you know the ones who have all the secrets that are using against us and he's been writing about it for years and so i think that was another reason why they wanted him put away so a lot of the information couldn't come out. Um, you can still, I think, get the books of Sands of Time. I'm not really 100% sure. Do you think maybe he's really not dead and he just made it look like he's dead? No, honey, he's he's in the hospital. He's had cancer so bad. He oh. had a, um, a cyst on the side of his neck that was bigger than a, a volleyball. I mean, he, it's amazing. I'm amazed that he's still alive, but he was having trouble breathing. He's overweight. His body's been through hell, torture, and damnation. So he's he. I'm amazed he's alive. Yeah, I mean, he could pass at any moment. I just had a friend pass the other day on the 27th, and he was only 42 years old because of this cancer that's going around from the COVID crap. But um, they just didn't take care of him while he was in prison. And so his wife, Melissa, who's from Canada, he's a big cat lover, too. I'm like, you know, the way to bring him out of it is to videotape his kitties and have the purring in his ear. <laughs> and that might bring him out of his coma, you know. Hey. But who knows? I mean, there's... She asked for a eulogy to be written. So, yeah, we would have thought he died. But, no, he's, last I read, he's still alive. Well, Cassidy, Carrie Cassidy came out and said that he had passed yesterday. But they oh. were going to disconnect him from the, uh, you know, the machines today. Oh. That's what she well, posted. that isn't, well. Say again? Just because Carrie Cassidy says it doesn't mean much, really. No, no, but that's that's <laughs> where I got the information. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. Well, but, did uh, his wife go to jail at the same time he did for those supposedly not paying taxes? No. Are you sure? She went, she she went, she went to Canada. No, she went to Canada. They were both brought up on charges, as I remember. I thought they Right, were, but... They, I had heard they both went to jail. 
No, like, she didn't spend the time in jail like he did. No, not at all. And he just got out, right? Right. A, you know, a month ago or something? This, well, this was 23 hours ago. Hold on, everybody. Keep the faith. The doctors were wrong. There's still hope. Please oh. your prayers for Sean's soul retrieval. Don't lose hope. There's always miracles. So. Oh, okay. Interesting. But yeah, Sean is a true. He kept trying to tickle me, and I'm like, you ain't going to get away with it. He, he knew what he was talking about, but he was also, because he, he, he had a thing against his mother so bad. And he would be mean to women. And it's like, have you ever heard your show? He never listened to his own show. And every so often you really should listen to your own shows. So you can hear how it is that you're putting out there. We never did. And I'm like, Sean, you really should. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's put some good positive things out into this world. And I, I just, I think he's tough and that we just might, he might pop back up again. Yeah. So, I said miracles do happen. Oh, I did not, I did not like him as a podcaster. He had a real edge to him that I was not comfortable with. But I did read his Sands of, of Time, the first did novel. You? And it was astounding. Oh, but he wasn't supposed to write them. See, that was part of the thing. The guy didn't die yet. So until the guy died, he was supposed to wait. He didn't wait. So oh, I, heard, I heard he waited. This is karma. No. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, well. My knowledge, anyway. And who am I? I'm just the feral hippie. What, she, what she's referencing is that he was... Um, no, this is the story that I got, Mona. Okay. Was he was he was, uh, and I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying this is a story that I heard. Why I think the way I do. I'm bringing it back now. Mm -hmm. um, he was somehow or another. He got in contact. He the guy. I think the guy contacted him, who was a, a high-ranking Nazi, who was involved very deeply with the uh, wonder. But the thunder weapons, the wonder weapons, that they were like the bell, and the bell was supposedly a, a time machine, right. uh, the the nuclear. Uh, there was God only knows what in the heck they had going there because there was a lot of really spooky woo woo stuff. But he, he's he when he died. This is the story I heard. When he died, the family contacted Sean and said. We're supposed to give you this information upon his death. Oh. That, that's what I heard, okay? Now, um, the book itself was written as a novel for protection purposes. Uh, not a very good protection, but, you know, for protection purposes. And I got to tell you, the depth of information that was presented in, in the book was fairly breathtaking because it wasn't like I hadn't heard about some of this stuff, but through the characters, he was able to flesh out, you know, some of the psychological and the, uh, let's say, the personal motivations for some of the things that came down in Nazi Germany. 
Right. Then, then he wrote a second one, and I was not as impressed with the second one. Uh, I just, I, I just couldn't quite get into it. But I understood that he was writing a third one, and I got this from somebody that was a very good friend of him, his JP. Mm-hmm. And so he was writing the third one, and then the next thing I know, he's being brought up on charges and put in jail. Mm-hmm. So I never did find out if he wrote this, the third book or if it was the potential for him writing a third book that got him, you know, taken out. Well, but, if he didn't, it was because he got real sick. And I mean, if he didn't get the third one gone out, it was because he was getting real sick. And plus he had a lot of legal problems. Right, but the sickness really got him bad. The cancer just... And and he was a prisoner, so I'm I'm assuming that he got the worst of the worst jabs. Oh, yeah. No? And, um, well, as Jan told us... His whole big thing is he loved Disney World. He had the biggest fetish ever in this world for Disneyland. (laughs) Why does that make sense to me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, Lord. But, um, yeah, so just, I guess, instead of feeling like he's on the other side, you know, throw love blankets in his way. I mean, if he's, if it's his time to go, if he's finished his mission, but maybe he's not finished his mission. I'd like to see that third book. I'd like to see him beat this stuff and say, up yours, black state, dark state, or pit of the universe, whatever it is. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, anybody got any more to say? Or Dolly, did you, you, you knew who we're talking about, yeah? Yes, I certainly did. Um, I'm surprised. Did you say he, he had a fetish for uh, Disneyland? Mm-hmm. Well, that really surprises me because he was trying to tell the truth and and uh, vet the bad entities, beings, buildings, uh, what do you call organizations? And Disney is one of the worst of the worst. Right. I'm surprised at that savage. <laughs> well, but to be be you know in his support. Uh, we didn't know that until recently. You know, I didn't. Well, his wife worked there, and he did a lot of shows from there, and he was going there all the time. Well, he should have known. Oh, goodness sake. Well, sometimes I can only hold so much capacity for facts, you know? Yeah, that's true. So. And it's, it's you know, like Jan said on her show, sometimes you just don't want to investigate something that you don't want to know. <laughs> True. You know what I'm saying? I think there might be something there, but I'm not going to look at it. I'm having too much fun. Yeah. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> you have to give it to yourself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I, I wish he didn't have to go through so much pain and suffering. I really do. I thought he was let out of jail a couple of years back. I didn't know he was still in jail. No, he's not still in jail. No, I mean until just recently. Right, within about a year or so. 
And he oh, wasn't see. even supposed to come on the radio and talk. But what was he doing? He was on the radio talking. <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> he's got a lot of karma he's got to deal with. He really does. And I think he's holding pretty darn good considering shoes. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. Oh. That when I came in here, I saw that he was supposedly dead. Well, so is Elvis, but then everybody thinks he might be the gardener. Who knows? (laughs) Or he went to the Burger King in Michigan. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Why did he go to the Burger King in Michigan? Oh, he went through the drive-thru... I assume if he did it, yeah, he did it because he wanted some Burger King. <laughs> I don't know why else. You're right. Huh. So did you ever get Jasmine back or Yasmin? Yeah, Yasmin, are you there? Can you talk to us? Can you hear us? We can <laughs> hear you. Testing, testing. <laughs> you got a big boat on your picture. Yeah, my uh, computer's all wacky. For some reason, the the camera microphone got confused with the the standalone mic. And anyway, we sorted it out now. <laughs> what state are you in? Hmm. What area? What state are you in? Oh, California. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, Northern California. And we we had a little boating adventure. <laughs> Well, tell us about it. Yeah. Um, so, Go ahead. with everything that we've been through over the past year, we had planned this uh, houseboating adventure. We were going to go up to Lake Shasta and rent a houseboat and just relax on the water for a week. And I had a spot picked out where I could do some rock hounding where there was an old, um, there used to be an old copper and silver mine. And so apparently they had a bunch of turquoise that they just um, cast aside and it slowly made its way down into this creek. So I was looking forward to uh, rock hounding there. And apparently you can only, it's only accessible by boat. And then we were going to, Uh, After that, we were planning to go to the caverns up there, um, also only accessible by boat. And then there was another site which Bob wanted to go see. However, uh, day one, (laughs) we we didn't quite make it. (laughs) We got to the inlet for the... um, the little backbone creek area which is where the turquoise was and um we broke down there um i'll let bob chime in and explain some of the more so uh so basically what happened was is we motored across the lake for about two hours and two hours and 15 minutes or so and these boats only go like three four miles an hour and they're usually in some sort of dilapidated condition because that's what you expect from a rental agency you don't really expect top notch you just kind of expect running which was okay with me so i was like ah i'll be on a lake should be okay right no problem they wouldn't give me a boat that would break down 
And so I got to the inlet on the other side and I kind of looked at it. I looked at the wind. I looked at the inlet. I looked at where she wanted to go. And I decided that I wanted to go about three quarters of the way in and beach up. And then tomorrow morning, the next day, we would go the rest of the way in. She'd go get her turquoise and I'd barbecue and that would be that. Well, so I get in there and I get in about halfway and I'm cruising like at barely walking speed. So for all you sailors out there, we call that at idle. So I was at idle and I was just kind of moving forward and into the wind, kind of thinking everything's kind of cool. And I heard this kind of thunk thing, but my boat didn't lift, stop, slow, change direction, scrape, or make any noises that would indicate that I had hit some sort of underwater obstruction, which is always quite possible. And I thought, oh, shit, I really did something now. But I was like, oh, that's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. And so I put the boat in reverse, and it didn't do anything. I put the boat in forward, and it didn't do anything. And I said, oh, man, that was my prop. They had just and a guy had just said, when I picked up the boat, he goes, we worked on the engine recently. We had to do some work on the tranny. And so I went, ha, ha, ha. You know, I just lost my prop, right? I lost my propulsion anyway, so it really doesn't matter what I lost. I cannot move this boat forward and backward under my control. So then I went, well, I'm in a houseboat, and it's windy. <laughs> and that means I'm a sail. So I knew we were going to be okay because we were in the inlet. And the wind was blowing us into the inlet. But it wasn't like the wind had any force or anything. It was going to beach us with any real strength and keep us somewhere. We were just going to bounce along until it figured we got close enough to where we could put one of our stakes in the ground and tie the darn thing off. And so that's what we did. We bounced. We bounced down the shoreline. And we called people, and no one answered. And, of course, the office was closed. And I said, you know, I'm a sailor, so I'm not really worried um it started to rain i thought i wasn't really worried you know because we were bouncing down the inlet but what i did say to myself is no matter what i do i don't have a worthy craft and so i assumed because we were on lake shasta that if i didn't have a worthy craft i could call the sheriff's department and their aquatic unit could be dispatched to make sure i didn't drift away somewhere i mean it's not like i expected a repair for somebody to come get me or, or bring me some food you know, I mean, I was in serious trouble. And so we called and we called people and we couldn't get through. And we finally got through on 911. We explained it to 911 that we're drifting along on, on the lake. And they're like, it's okay. I'm like, what do you mean it's okay? And they're like, no, no, it's okay. We called the marina and they said, you're fine. We'll, they'll come out and get you in the morning. And I'm like, I'm drifting on Lake Shasta in the rain and in the wind with no way to stop my boat. Who says this is okay? And I realized at that point that 911 couldn't understand the maritime instructions that just because I was bouncing up and down the side didn't mean I was safe. It just meant for that moment I was bouncing up and down the side. And so that's what we continued to do. And we finally stopped. We got some lines out. And I said, we might be all right. You know, this is going to be okay. We're level. This is not so bad. And so this was like, we had dinner, you know, and we're going, okay, this is our vacation, right? Our vacation yeah, we, is... We thought we were tied off, but... Well, we weren't really tied off. <laughs> we're not tied off yeah. in a sailor's version of tied off. We were tied to the shore kind of barely with these stakes that they gave us, because that's the best that we could accommodate, because we couldn't nose up as they suggested. We were parallel to the beach, and so the wind changed direction. <laughs> yeah. Right. See, this is when it became really weird is around 11 o'clock that night, the wind changed direction. It's totally dark. 
And now our boat is going out back into the lake. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm like, hey, what's in the lake? A big old freaking dam. <laughs> and some towers and some booms and some suction pieces and equipment that protrudes from the dam. And, you know, all I got to do is bounce up against that in a bad position. We roll over and die. So now I'm contemplating all this. And I look at Yasmin and I'm like, sorry. I look at Yasmin and I go, okay, I'm really sorry. <laughs> But I honestly don't know what's going to happen. And we may have to abandon this boat in the rain and get to shore if we're not close enough to avoid riding it out into the middle of a lake. With no hope of doing anything else than sinking with it or bouncing off of something new. I said, we know where the land is and we know where the shore is. We go there if we have to. And... For about another 40 minutes, we were just headed into the lake, and I was opening and closing windows as if the boat was a giant sail and doing everything I could because I had nothing, nothing, not a pole, nothing, not an anchor, not a radio, not a light. I didn't have a working motor. My batteries were draining. You know, all these things were going against me, and the wind changed one more time. And it blew us way back into the inlet and up to this big freaking rock, this huge Charlton Heston straight out of the movie. You're not breaking me <laughs> with a stick rock and I got a line around it. <laughs> and I went, this is good. This is, this is good. And he asked me, he went, what do you think? And I went to sleep. And of course I was <laughs> up all night, but. Right. right. Uh, I just went to sleep. I was like, we're good. <laughs> but what he didn't know was when we had tied off the first time we and we had he had walked up on shore to try and get a cell phone signal now we could call 911 but we couldn't call any phone numbers so you know 911 wasn't really understanding our situation and so they weren't doing much so we couldn't call anyone else and even though the marina was closed we wouldn't have been able to call them in the morning anyway because there was no signal so i i just put in a call to my mom and his brother who's passed on to help us <laughs> and um so i think maybe that's why we broke loose because when we tied up to the rock, that was a better area to get some phone oh, calls in yeah, in the was, morning. Yeah, so when the morning comes along and I'm thinking, okay, I got to crawl out of this place or I got to do something because I don't know anybody that's going to come and get me. I have no communication. I have no way of knowing what's going on. So I'm looking around and it's getting light. And I tell you, yeah, it's me. Yeah, I'm going to climb up. Okay, silly me. Uh, you're on the edge of a reservoir. It's all covered in manzanita and pine and the rest of it. There's no trail. It's All you can do is walk along the shore, which is this muddy, rocky, crummy stuff where you go 100 feet in about 10 minutes. And I realized, okay, that's out of the question. And so I sat down on a rock and I got a bar. I got a bar. And I was like, cool. And so I called 911 again because I didn't want to lose my position. And they said, maybe somebody's coming out to get you. And I went, this really bites. So then I called my buddy at work, my boss, and I said, can you hear me? And he's like, yeah. And I told him everything, everything. And he, he in Sacramento was the one calling the Shasta sheriffs and all the rest of it, you know, and the sheriffs, the worst part about this whole thing was 911 didn't pass the call to the sheriff's department or the rescue boat. 
they didn't pass it. And it's a complete failure that the U.S. Forest Service is already looking into, and God bless them for it. But even if they had passed it, the rescue captain, who I talked to on the phone the, the very next day, after another story I will tell you, but I talked to him on the phone, and he apologized and said he'd be looking into this immediately because there's no excuse for a mariner to be stuck on the water floating in Shasta Lake. There's none. And I said, I agree. And I said, he goes, what do you want to do? Do you want to sue him? And I go, no, no, I want to correct it because, because this is wrong. You know, we got to make sure this doesn't happen to people. There has to be a method in place. I said, you're on a lake. <laughs> Redding is right here. There's no excuse to be not able to get a boat out here if somebody's really, 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 really in trouble. And I was really, really in trouble for like two and a half hours out of that 14. The rest of the time, I really wasn't worried about it. So, so I want to I want to correct that. But we get the boat back after towing, and I figure, you know, we nearly floated around and died out there. Somebody's going to meet me at the dock, right? And somebody's going to tell me everything's going to be okay, and and they're going to offer me something, and I'm going to say no, thank you. And, and but you know, we can work something out, and I'll go home. No, I get to the boat, I get to the boat dock, and so nobody meets me. And so I go cruising down the dock, and I get into their little office and open the door, and I say, "Well, hey. well." Before that, as we were getting towed back by, <laughs> oh the yeah, mechanic, yeah. Then there's that. <laughs> his boat breaks down yeah. in the middle of the lake. <laughs> so the boat they sent to rescue us broke down. Um, but anyway, we we get back there, and they go, "Can we help you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, Mr. West." And the guy goes, "Okay." And so I start telling him what happened. And he and the manager looks at me and, and literally out of his mouth says, I'm going to give you your money back and you get the hell off my property. You're what? not the kind of person that should go houseboating. And so I really, really, really held everything back that I was thinking. And I said, really? I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an opportunity to tell me who owns this business. And he goes, I'm not telling you anything. You need to get out of here. And I went, okay. Just remember, I gave you an opportunity to tell me who owns this business. And so as I was walking out, I said, you know, they gave me a houseboat that was almost 50 years old that had recently been repaired. And even if it hadn't lost the prop or the batteries hadn't died, it really wouldn't matter because they had incorrectly maintenance the starter on it. And we have pictures of the broken bolts. I said, I have cell phone data of me floating around on their freaking lake. I said, I have a witness statement, my wife's witness statement, and this place is run by a conditional use permit authorized by the US Forestry Department. I have a right as a citizen and I have a duty after being on the Bay for 35 years to challenge and ask questions on to why that call was not placed correctly and the situation was not handled correctly. And is the marina truly responsible for negligent operation and maintenance of a business that endangers hundreds of lives every night out on that water added with the forms of alcohol that are consumed on that water. 
Well, they gave us our money back awfully quick. Right, because there were two <laughs> other boats broken on the dock. And we didn't even ask for a refund. They just... They just threw it at us before we even made it in there. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was insane. It was absolutely insane. So what's the next step? Lawsuit? No. I think a lawsuit, uh, Walt, is uh, is pointless because lawsuits indicate that you want fame, fortune, or money. And so what, what happens is... In most wait, cases, wait a minute, but... Uh, no, I mean... If, I mean, if they had shown even an inkling of being responsible... So, so let's. But they, the, they didn't even show that. They didn't show any. They didn't care about you. They didn't care about being right, responsible but, for that. So, uh. <laughs> but this is this is where I encourage people to learn something about how businesses, how businesses operate and where they operate. When you have no recourse because you have no money, you can't approach somebody and ask them for money because you have no way to gain assets. But in this instance which is kind of interesting, Shasta is the second largest lake in the West and has more rental vessel traffic than Lake Tahoe, which has a Coast Guard station. So my first question to my U.S. government is, why does a lake that has more traffic than Lake Tahoe, which is in California, and a dam, and a dam which creates a hazard, does not have a Coast Guard station when Lake Tahoe does. The next question I ask is since Shasta Lake feeds water to an entire industry below it, shouldn't we look at the water quality and the effects that this industry might have on our lakes, especially considering we're in a drought? The next thing I might consider if I was a mariner which I was for 35 years teaching vessels safety and instruction is that after I noticed the condition of the businesses on this lake, and since my U.S. government already authorizes what's known as a conditional use permit, which means they can alter, review, or revoke that at almost any time with no recourse, um, there's 11 other operators on the lake, I'm sure, that want to keep their businesses and run them correctly. So what I did was, instead of being enraged and asking for money, is channel the rage into a recommendation. And I notified all the appropriate government agencies, representatives, on a local level and a federal level, that it was my intention to investigate how an operation like this can still exist in this century. So we're instead of going after their pockets, because this is an organization, they all net about oh, 8.8 8 million, million a summer. A summer. And that's <laughs> each, each uh, resort. And there's about 10 resorts. So... Um, we figure they can certainly afford to, between all of them, afford to pay for somebody to just check up on people so on I, the lake during the night. Yeah, so I was talking to the U.S. Forest Service ranger that's in charge of the aquatic vessel stationed on the lake for most days. And I said, 
because he said the same thing you did. Well, you got to go after him. And I'm going, look, man, I can go after one group or I can go after everybody and convince the other 11 to get on board with an idea to change the structure and way that you think in a positive manner so that it helps everyone involved. And they can go after one guy or I can just fight one guy for the rest of my life. Why would I do that when the U.S. government already oversees this operation? I'm a taxpayer. But the difference here is the guy at the rental place treated me like I was some sort of rental moron. He had no idea that I'd spent 35 years teaching vessel safety on the water. He threw me out like he'd throw out any other customer. Just get rid of them. They're not going to say anything. What have I got to worry about? And for 35 years as a kid, I promised not to let stuff like this slide. So even if I'm in fault, I got to look into it and say, why isn't there a boat at night? Why aren't they doing maintenance logs? Why isn't there a vessel certification process that checks the safety gear on board the boat, like, randomly? Well, and maintenance information on what's been done through each boat should be there, too. Absolutely. 100%. There should be a log on every boat that, as a consumer, you should be able to walk onto a boat and go, I want to review the maintenance log. <clears throat> right. They do it for vehicles. They had a little orange flag for distress. And I said, what's this for? And they go, that's our orange flag. I said, that's our swimming flag? Really? Okay. No problem. I still wasn't worried. It was a dilapidated POS. I was not worried until the motor went out. Then I got a little worried. But I had a reasonable expectation that if I called 911, there'd be a unit that could come out and push us to shore. And then I could just sit all night and wait for repair. So they dropped their end of the rope, too. Oh, yeah. 911 failed completely. Yeah, there were multiple fail points, which yeah. was what's caused more of a dangerous situation. And so by the time I get back to the place and the guy insults me and we get packed up and in the car and on the way home, I'm already I'm already trying to figure out which congressman runs this place, which, you know, which unit of the U.S. Forest Service is running the boat. How do I get a FOIA request into the local D.A. to see who's been killed out here before? You know? Which there have been multiple deaths, unfortunately. And so then talking to Yasmin, she was talking about the money because she goes, oh, there's a lot of money coming through here. And I'm like, you know, she goes, they were really quick to refund the money. I mean, they were throwing money at three different people while we were standing there. It must have been worth 10,000 bucks to them. Whoa. But but they threw it at them like it was nothing. And so I looked at Yasmin and I go, something's you know, wrong. <laughs> something's really wrong here. I said, if I was investigating this place... It sounds like an illegal operation. Exactly, because if I was investigating this place, my first inkling would be to go in there and ask them about incidents, right? I mean, if you had a lawsuit for a lost arm or something, you'd go in and ask them, how many times have you had injuries? And they'd say, none. And they'd say, how many times have you had to go out and rescue somebody? And they'd go, well, during the day, boats break down. We got a couple of those. And you'd go... Well, prove that you don't. And they'd show you all this paperwork that would have nothing. No reportables, right? And you'd go, well, shoot, there's nothing here. Well, that's not true. Because there's no proof there. You needed to look at how many people were refunded over a 10-year period and ask yourself, 
why was it they were refunding three to four people every week or every day in some cases? And is it one group or 12? No wonder there are so many UFO abductions. I mean, look at look how easy it is not to do, not to care for people. Right. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. They were towing us in. I was looking at Yasmin and I go, I can't take this. I can't believe this happened. I will not stand for this. And I was totally calm when I walked into the guy's office. I mean, I was just Mr. Wonderful. And I was even Mr. Wonderful leaving. It was after that I started to get irate. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, this is an example of you being the one person that they didn't want that to happen because you knew so much about, because you had the experience. You know, yeah. it, when you're talking about these uh, hypothetical situations, you know, it's like, no, those probably aren't hypothetical. There's probably been dozens maybe hundreds of people who have been hurt who have been emotionally hurt or physically hurt who then you know come up against these people and you know it's not just what they did to you it's like how far would they take that kind of attitude right these are not good people right this is not good people and so if we were if we were on the bay my question would have been to the coast guard i would have had a radio as a kid, for 40 years, I would add a radio. So no big deal. Somebody would have gotten me. I've been fished out of the water before. No big no big deal, really. And this time I thought, ah, this, there's got to be a boom in front of that dam. There's got to be some lights on it at night. If I had a boat hook, which I didn't, I could grab something that was floating as I went by it. And maybe I'd have a chance to tie off and hopefully not roll over and die. But at least I'd have an option. But I didn't have that. Because up there, they don't even give you an anchor because the water's too deep, too quick. So they don't think that maybe if you got to shore close enough to use an anchor with a 60-foot line, you might want to in an emergency. Which if I had had one, we wouldn't have floated the second time. We'd have been fine. But I did. You, sh you should have been a little bit more concerned about everything and made sure all that stuff was on the boat. It's your fault. <laughs> I, it is my fault, and I and so clearly when I when I started to prepare all the documents, I pre prepared the incident report, the cell report, the communications reports, the letter to the Congress, uh, letter to the district attorney, letter to the Ninth Circuit, letter to everybody. So I spent the last three days doing documentation, probably eight communications to everybody, and I even state in those documents that I could clearly be at fault on this because I was stupid enough to get on a rental boat that was dilapidated and probably purchased by Merle Haggard in like 1970. <laughs> but I was confident in my ability that as long as my motor ran, I could overcome everything. And truly we were even doing okay drifting until the wind changed. <laughs> yeah, but that goes so contrary to everything that you've ever taught anybody. And right. my, feeling, my feeling is that you were kept ignorant. Your guides wanted you to go through this experience so that you can, you know, do something about it, one. And two, teach people. Right. Pay attention to the details. And so I think that, you know, there's so many metaphysical aspects of it, even to Yasmin asking her sister and mom to come, hey, come help me here, you know. Um when you've got that kind of energy, it's like 
Yeah, they'll blank you out. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've said to myself, well, that was really effing stupid. Right. You know? <laughs> you know, and yet, and yet why didn't I remember? Because they were blanking me out. They wanted me to have the experience. Because you you knew better, but 99.9% .9 of everybody that got on the boat did not know better. Right. right. So that's really the trick of it. So here we are drifting, and I'm... I'm opening and closing doorways and windows and stuff to get the air to move through the boat so it won't drift quite the same way that it was. I'm looking at the rudder. I'm looking at all these little things. I'm walking back and forth realizing I have no tools, no safety, no nothing. I have nothing. I'm just this little thing floating around on the world, and I'm going, it's really pretty out here. It's really nice. It's raining a little. It's cloudy, but it's, it's pretty. That's a beautiful sunrise. I did not need to see the sunset, the dark, and the sunrise all in one time. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> well, and, you know, I had even asked, you know, when we were packing, I said, should I, should we bring some extra line? Yeah. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> no, no, everything's going to be fine because, because up there they have a system. And I agreed that the system actually made sense. You nose up to the beach, you throw uh, the first two feet of your boat up on the beach, and the water goes down at night. It goes down about six to eight inches every night. And so the worst that can happen to you is that more of your boat will be on land when you wake up than when you got there. And you'll use your engine to pull you off. But that's assuming that you have an engine to put the nose up on the beach. And she has a really good point there, so... <laughs> Um, so when we lost forward propulsion, I was parallel to the beach. There was there was nothing. I mean, at that point, I went, uh oh. And so I told her, I said, I think we lost it. And so they have a command throttle system. So we checked to make sure it was neutral. We did a walkabout. Nothing was burning. Nothing smelled. There was no water coming in. There was no use looking at the engine compartment because we didn't have any tools. So it wouldn't have mattered what we'd done if we'd opened that. All we could have done is done worse things. Um, because liability was we actually ended up doing the right thing. We never touched anything. So if they were to do forensic analysis on the motor, they wouldn't find us doing anything. But um, so since well, that's, Darwin, that's my question, my question here, when you finally got it back to, to the dock, did you jump in the water to see if you even had the propeller on it? Oh, you could see it at that point. So, so I lost the prop, and I was, I was sure I lost the prop, and it, it dumbass excuse me, dumb move, but I had felt something. I felt what I thought was contact on the bottom, something bounce. And my real worry was drifting. So I wasn't really worried about the engine at that point. And so once I'd thrown it neutral, it was still running. Um, and then I tried it in reverse again and it wasn't going. And I tried it forward again, it wasn't going. I banged on the thing to the right because that's the command center and made sure it was not in neutral, pulled it out, got it into neutral, could put it forward but not back, which indicated that I had throttle control, put it back in, pushed it into forward, and it died. And I went, okay, I turned the key, and it started. And so I was like, okay, cool. So I had Yasmin come over, and I go, check this out. I turned it off, and I turned it on, it started, and I put it in forward. I go, do you feel motion? She goes, no. I said, look at the back of the boat, and there was no thrust. So she goes, there's no thrust. And I went, okay, cool. And then it died. And then we tried to start it and wouldn't start because the batteries were too low at that point. They were at 10.5 volts. So 
couldn't start it anyway at that point i disregarded the engine because it hadn't been charging while we were driving so that was another fail point when they put the engine back together after the transmission was put in according to the mechanic john who came on board the boat the following morning he said the bolt had snapped inside the motor it would have required a mechanics easy outset drill tap and hammer to extract the broken part of the bolt before the starter could have been reinstalled anyway any attempts by us with tools would have been useless but that doesn't explain so the the starter broke off so correct that was the noise we heard the starter actually broke it was still floating in there you never hit anything on the on the surf i mean uh, underground you never hit that not absolutely not the prop was fine it's right where it was supposed to be so it was free turning so there was a problem with it because it wasn't engaging correct my suspicion is that when they went to remove the outdrive because those are in what they call an io you have an inboard engine that's static it's level and then on the outside of the boat on the other side of a rubber boot you have what is called the outdrive and that's where the flywheel for the engine is for those of your mechanics big round thing on the back well anyway the starter attaches to the flywheel and it usually attaches from the motor side into the outdrive. Why is this important? Because if you replace an outdrive on an engine, you must, repeat must, nine times out of 10, remove the starter and put it back in. And there are usually three bolts in most applications of a starter. And oddly enough, two of them are always one side and one of them is always different. And the reason for that is because initial torque says that when the starter's engaged on any flywheel, there'll be a moment, one-tenth second, where there will be no torque on the starter Bendix, and if you don't have that extra stronger bolt, it would snap it every time. Hmm. I think that's pretty close. I didn't take a physics course, so I can't tell you the exact poundage requirements, but it's usually a bigger one or two smaller ones. Anyway, um, so ours broke, and the starter was floating in there. That's what started it maybe one, two more times, but it does not explain the lack of forward propulsion or reverse propulsion. So there was like the tranny wasn't working, even though they tried to fix it. I agree 100%. Um, So there were several things probably. Right. So so when we were tied the first time, you know, we were parallel to the shore with the wind at our short side, pushing us kind of onto the bank. So I, I just really wasn't worried about it. We got a lineup. 45 off the bow and maybe about 16 feet up. We're like, okay. And then we got a stake in the ground, but it was only a couple of feet. It was at waterline level because we couldn't get up the shore. And uh, so we put those and we lost our, our bow line. We swung on our stern and Yasmin goes, well, I'll just go on shore. And I said, no, you won't. You will not get off this boat until we both get off this boat. Now, why does the water reduce itself? Every well, that's the, that's the whole thing about having the dam. So the Shasta Dam is the headwaters of an entire irrigation system was designed during the Works Project Administration under Roosevelt and supplies the Northern Central Valley and Reading area with all of its irrigation water. Mm-hmm. So it goes into these giant silos, which then dump down in these giant turbines, at which point it comes out as energy and water. Well, on the inside of the dam, in most cases, Glen Cooley, Hoover, all of these, they have a floating boom. They have a bunch of lights and they tell you don't go near there. This is based on the idea that your boat has an engine or has a way to communicate. Every dam I've ever been to, short of Don Pedro or smaller, has had a rescue unit at night. 
They may not have been on the water, but they were always available. Every. But it, but it sounds like the you said they told you that the they had done maintenance work on the engine. Correct. And whatever they did was very poorly done because it sounds Correct. like uh, the uh, assembly wasn't very confirmed. Whatever the repair was wasn't tested and confirmed. So it, it's, it's like it was like it, it was done by a couple of blind men or something. <laughs> it, was, it probably was Walt. And so here's the theory. They never worry about you because if you break down nine times out of 10, and this is serious, so we started looking into it because we got back and I was enraged. I mean, I had to look at my wife and go, look, I'm really sorry. I'm just really sorry. I, I have no idea what we're, I have no idea what's going to happen to us. I mean, we might as well have been cast away. I have no idea. It was rainy. It was windy. It was dark. I didn't have a chart. I didn't have a radio. In actuality, now that I've, had time to consider it floating out in the lake would have been our best option because it improved our cell reception which meant we could have called people and said no you you don't understand i really can't see and i have no way to control my boat and i'm headed towards a dam and it's not that i'm going to go over the top i'm not a little child no it's the equipment protruding from the dam on the inside that mm -hmm. i'm worried about <clears throat> so did you get that did you get jasmine to sign a legal paper that she won't divorce you <laughs> I thought it was their second honeymoon. Whoa, what a trick. Oh. No, I, you know, she, she did what we were supposed to do. She got the wet bag and started putting the most important stuff in it. She got the rest of the stuff ready so that if we bounced against shore, we could, we could throw it on there in the rain and at least, you know, be sitting with a pile of our gear. When they said, where's our boat? We go, oh, it went that way. <laughs> <laughs> And the funny part is, Walt, that you know me and Nancy's know me well enough now to know that it doesn't take much to really bother me. As a matter of fact, the more you bother me on the water, the calmer I get. But for about two hours, I was like, this is really bad. This is beyond what I called a reasonable expectation for my safety. If you have been alone, you wouldn't have worried so much, but that you weren't alone. There was somebody there with you and, and in your mind, okay, that I'm responsible for this person. So anything could happen. So I, I totally get you. Yep. Got that right. You're the captain. So here. I have a question. Sure. You didn't, the boat did not have a dinghy of some sort, like a raft or a dinghy, actual dinghy, no means of, of you to escape from a flooding boat. It didn't even have a uh, one of those life rafts. No, it didn't even have yeah. a life ring. So yeah. um, the, the idea on Shasta Lake for the houseboats is that you have a life jacket for everybody on board and you have stakes that you drive into the ground for tie-off points and that you motor around, you nose yourself up on the beach, everybody gets drunk and has a good time. And this probably happens about 80% of the time that way. And then you've got breakdowns and stupidity. So that's probably the other 20%. We were probably in the 0.001%, but that 1% is that one or two deaths a year because it's not the alcohol-induced parties that really cause the problems. It's the uh, inability to rescue your drowning victims or floating objects that cause problems. Houseboats floating in lakes that have large suction devices create many problems. In the yeah, middle of the night during the rain. I mean, come on. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. She had runner lights or some other kind of consideration like that. I did have running lights, so but I had a finite amount of battery. Right. Because and, the battery wouldn't charge. And I knew that there were <laughs> I knew that there were no other vessels capable of operating at night. So I knew that to to run my lights was actually until I hit the water, until I hit the open water, it was pointless. Mm. Um so I did run my anchor light and we did have so we packed we packed water type bags, we packed water resistant bags. Uh, we packed camera gear, telescopes, all sorts of stuff, but but we packed in case, and I mean, seriously, with two first aid kits, not one, four flashlights, not two, two sets of spare batteries, not one. I mean... <laughs> what good is that going to do you if you're underwater drowning? Right, right, exactly, because I knew the boat would float. I knew I'd be fine. I knew I'd be tied up. I knew it would be junk, but I figured it would be okay. I honestly did. And then I, I was floating out there and I went, I was wrong. And then when they were towing me back, I was like, well, they'll meet me, right? That's the best thing to do. Meet me. Nope. Nope. They insulted me. And I thought, you know, I was stupid enough to get on your boat, but you just pissed me off and you shouldn't do that. Yeah. So, anything else you learned from the experience? She won't go boating with me now in the Mississippi, and the Coast Guard watches that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, come on. Come on. Did it bring you closer together? Or I is she saying, oh, my God, this man has just put my life in jeopardy? No. No, no I'm okay. I, I, I think, I think kind of like what you say from the spiritual angle, there were other things at play right. and I and I think we have a duty now to um, put some safety measures in place on that lake um, and also this resort needs to be dealt with <laughs> if they don't want to play along well then they can stop doing business there so um, the one thing that we did here when we talked to the uh, officer on the phone was and we hadn't done any research, mind you. I was driving back in the car, and I, I was PO'd. And I said, hey, I want to know what the review process I want to know who runs the lake. And he goes, well, it's conditional use federal under the U.S. Forest Service. And I went, oh, really? And he goes, yeah. And I go, I go well, I can't believe that you don't have a, a water officer on the lake after 5 p.m. And he goes, yes, I know. I can't believe it either. And I said, well, we have to correct that. And he goes, yes, I know. Absolutely. We stand behind you 100%. So the sheriff's already on board. I guess he's been fighting to try and get um, a boat out there after hours. So this might be the final little tipping point that. Well, the, something you said made a. It rang interesting to me where you, <laughs> you guys said that they were. So ready to throw money at you? Yeah, I'm, I'm asking. The first thought in my mind is, okay, how many pro how many people have had problems with these people? If they're so ready to throw money at you to get rid of you, so that was you, fine. This they're used to this this happening. They're right. used yeah. to doing it, this. It's so like that, business yeah. as usual for them. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So when we were driving back and I was thinking about how I would tackle this, I knew from from experience from from working with people that I, I, would know, I, I know. Report, you know, and I would I would after I did the incident report, I would decide who would be affected. And just like you just figured out, Walt, I went, you know, I should talk to the Shasta County District Attorney in the federal court because if they'd done a business complaint, how would they find where the fraudulent activity was if they were just looking for people who have been hurt or something like that. But yeah, how many people get their money back every day across the lake? The lake, not just them, just the lake. And I'm sure people don't want to hassle with lawyers and stuff like that. And they, okay, don't worry about it. They gave us our money back and it, it, and it ends like that, but it shouldn't end like that. It shouldn't, right. 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 We think it could be 20 or 30 times a week, a week mm -hmm. on the on the lake. Well, because we How saw they all stay in business if they're paying people to get their mouth. It's a money game and it's a booze game because they know everybody's out there getting drunk and they know that the boats have a limit of 10 people. If you have 12 on them, we take a picture of you. They send a boat around every day to take pictures of the boats. They think that they're overladen so they can charge them the twenty five hundred dollar deposit. Yeah. It's such a scam. It's it's incredible. But here's what I can tell you about people that scam people. If it's industry wide and we only mention one marina that happened to us, the other marinas like vultures will jump to our side to eliminate their buddy, the competitor, <laughs> and they will do whatever we ask. If we say we want maintenance logs, you know what they'll say? We'll be more than happy to work with you. We want to be the friendly people. That's what they all say. They won't do it, but that's what they'll all say <laughs> because they know they can eliminate their buddy and it's worth $8 million split 10 ways. Wow. Life in the water is deadly. It's, it's vicious. <laughs> it's incredibly vicious. Are there uh, are they, uh, lots of sharks in that lake? Because it sounds like it. <laughs> Yeah. They all live on the shoreline. Land sharks. Land sharks. <laughs> okay, listen, we're at the halfway mark here, so let's just take a break somewhere over the rainbow. And yeah. here we An aura geode, a black moonstone, citrine cosmic silver nugget, bracelets, shungite bowls, and much more at the Mystical Wares live auction. Have fun bidding for special items at your price mysticalwares.com slash live dash auctions. Let's take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Yes, folks, Mystical Wares is where the Jedi Knights shop when they have their annual field trip to planet Earth. After annihilating battalions of stormtroopers and blowing up the Death Star, they deserve an all-out shopping spree, and their supplier of choice is Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, an oasis of light in an otherwise dark universe. I spoke to Master Yoda the other day and asked him where he buys his shungite. He replied, Tell you I will, and not belabor. Mystical Wares. I also pick up spare parts for my light saber. So there you have it, folks. If it's good enough for Master Yoda and the Jedi Elite, it's certainly good enough for the rest of us. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. 
I am Ani, mad as the day is long, Avidician. This was a Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, my darlings, get involved in local politics, learn to identify the dirty tricks within the matrix, and above all, let the spirit inhabit the human. Scalar energy is demonstrating how good health depends upon balanced and stable human and animal energy fields. Test it out for yourself with a free weekly 12-hour remote session at mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. This is an ongoing program allowing you to pick and choose the scalar energy treatment you want. Thus, you must register weekly for the session presented every Friday. Experience the future of medicine now for the free sessions or sign up for one designed specifically for you. Go to mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. And remember, you must sign up weekly and receive the confirmation email or text confirming the session. Experience the future of medicine now. Welcome back to the Say What Show. It's September 30th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Walt Silva, Mona Radler, and Yasmin and Bob West. Um, did you guys basically cover the story? Is there anything else you wanted to add to that? Or do you have another story? Or um, I think that's pretty much it. I'll, I'll, hey, Bob, do you have anything you want to add to the story? I'm sorry. <laughs> he was in the kitchen. <laughs> I was hungry. Can someone repeat the question, please? Do you have anything you want to add to the story? Um, no, and I appreciate being able to tell you all about it and just um, and sometimes say to things that sometimes, and I even, I even wrote this down when I was writing people, even when you're wrong, you still got to, get involved and it could be that i did something wrong obviously walt like you said getting on the boat was wrong (laughs) but but i think that you know no matter how it progresses you just want to leave things a little bit better than you found them yeah and hopefully stop this from happening to someone else that might not be able to deal with it like we did right yeah it's important for people to take action when they see something wrong period you know, yeah. and I I appreciate you guys. I actually am very proud of you, um, and it's, thank you for doing what you're doing. You know, it's pretty awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Did you contact a Better Business Bureau, or does California not have one of those since that you got such a a hole governor? Well. That was interesting. Um, I actually, I did, <laughs> I did, even though I knew it would point be pointless and fruitless, but I did. So, um, Good. I, I thought about contacting a Better Business Bureau. It's voluntary. First of all, it's voluntary reporting. Um, they charge you money. It's like a Yelp. Oh, they do? Oh, yeah. It's like a Yelp. So you can do their regular base program for nothing. Get on their mailing list. They sell that. That's how they make their money. Um, but pretty much a Better Business Bureau. California is divided into a bunch of groups, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, I called them. They were like, nope, not a member. Don't worry about it. I was like, nope, don't need you. My uh, my first thought and only thought once it hit the idea that it was under a conditional use permit 
was to uh, ask our federal government through what they call Freedom of Information Act requests through the U.S. Forest Service about the number of incidents both day and night, number of officers, reason for the boat, blah, 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 number of houseboats, blah, blah, blah. How do you get a communicate uh, conditional use permit? How do you maintain it? What is your structure responsibility? What are the structures and responsibility for uh, federal drinking water? Blah, blah, blah. And I figure if I do enough of that shit, the U.S. Forest Service will adopt the three things I want them to do, which are one sentence each. <laughs> well, and just to have a crow's nest around the dam part that could keep an eye out on things, too, and a boat available for emergencies would be great. Well, that was how I saw it. Just leave, just leave the keys out and make one of the officers available, you know? I mean, how much? How many times a year is it going to happen? Well, we found out. So how many hours have you spent looking at disasters now? Yeah, there's about one death, at least one death a year. There's one death a year out there. And according to the officer, the daytime boat in the summertime for the response unit is busy the entire time. So they do have a daytime response capability that's busy all the time, which means this is continually happening. And right. yet they don't have one out at night? That is correct, because the industry has been static and simplified for so long that most people by 5 o'clock in the afternoon are so smashed, they don't drive anymore. They, they beach up, and they party up, and they barbecue up, and they glamp up. And the fishermen, which are your hardcore boaters out on that lake, who would prefer the houseboats be gone completely, are all running in to get their boat on the trailer so they can go home and fry their fish at sunset in their backyards because it gets cold out there. So the lake is, is virtually dark, which is fine. I expected that. I wanted that. What I did not expect was underwater obstacles and protrusions unlit. No floating barrier between the suction devices. No potential rescue in a bad situation at night. Yeah, so I looked a little at the construction of the dam and kind of how they built it. And they had this big... Um, steel tower that they used uh, pulley systems um, to, um, you know, kind of lift the concrete as they were pouring it. And they never dismantled that. So you have this big, it, it's kind of like, uh, it looks like a um, electrical tower just, you know, at the anchored in at the bottom of the dam. And all they did was take the top housing off. So you have this metal structure that you can run into, that's number one. <laughs> and then there's no safety net. Most dams have a safety net. Um, uh, it's, it's steel wire, steel wire on flotations and you run into it, you can still go over it. I mean, but but when you, you run into it, you'd stop <laughs> long enough to maybe tie off to it. Yeah, so they don't have that and then um, so, no light. If, so no lights. And then if you get closer to the dam, of course, there's, you know, suction devices for the water to come through. So it's being in a giant toilet. Right. <laughs> well, that would scare the crap out of me. What if somebody fell overboard? Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I've been out in San Francisco Bay in 75 nautical mile an hour winds, and I wasn't scared. Okay, maybe I was a little scared, but I was scared about floating out onto a lake. Well, I'm just just more grateful the longer you talk about you even being here to... uh, to have this show, I just saw you both sucked under the dam. <laughs> right. <laughs> so did we. We're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's probably. I was probably reading Bob's mind. <laughs> oh my God. Or maybe yours. You, you seem to be more fascinated with the suction. <laughs> it sounds almost like a like pair pair of pioneers having an adventure in the eight in the eighteen hundreds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And last year, we, we saw a news story last year. Somebody actually did drown. And drowning victims usually float, is what yeah. Bob says. But they, um, they he, got, he got pinned down on something. So, um, yeah, not a good situation. <laughs> well, let's hope that you can rectify it. I mean, seriously. Please call yeah. attention that other people can recognize that maybe they might not want to fork their dollars out for danger, danger, real weapons. Right. <laughs> right. Put, go get some red flags and put the red flags out on every one we of these. Spend, <laughs> we spend all this money on a train that won't work. Why can't we spend a little money on a rescue boat? Or a wall in Mexico. I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we can use the money for something else. We don't have to keep doing the stupid stuff over and over again, do we? Oh, I've been to Mount Chasta. It's the most beautiful place I've ever been. But, you know, there are aliens that live in their, their mountain. And who knows what else is going on? There's supposedly all kinds of um, strange happenings. I mean, when I was there in July and snow was at the top of the mountain, but that was in 2010. But still, that it, you you mean they, that they could have actually been abducted, and this is just the the programming story that was put in their ho- their heads about this terrible thing, but they were really abducted. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, hey, I wasn't. Well- I can't. I had Walt's resonator with me, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rescue, the rescue boat didn't fare any better. No, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know the guy breaks down. He goes, "Oh, it's that pesky fuel pump." Fuel like, pump again. <laughs> when I walk back inside, and I'm thinking to myself, "So let me get this straight. You sent a rescue boat out with a mechanic, a." Who knows his boat is already broken <laughs> and is obviously unwilling to fix it. <laughs> well, no, now COVID stopped a lot of manufacturers from being able to make the parts. I mean, we've had automobiles go down and you can't get the parts. There's, There's a, a, I don't even know how does it to describe the history of, of life that I've had, but in my mind, I'm thinking just, just all of it was just wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And and I'm like, why is it so easy for them to not worry about it? To just throw the money back? Why don't they care? And the answer is because not enough people die so that somebody cared. They're not human, honey. Right. Well, guess what? 
The rest of the world is. <laughs> well, there's a certain percentage that isn't, and right now they're the ones who have been making all the rules that people have been following and becoming brains. Which, which in this case is our win because they have the mistake of being on a federally operated drinking water supply attempting to run a business which apparently is unsafe. So we have several avenues we can go after them. Yeah. And we will. And we will. <laughs> because it's but, the right you know, thing to do. It's the right thing to do, but, you know, uh, the, the, when you go through all the list of the insanity associated with these people, uh, it, I, this this last week has been full of such a show of oh, total no. incompetence at every single level <laughs> and th i, I want to give you i want to give two examples the first example is the inquiry into the possibility of impeachment and that ran for six hours it was the first meeting they had in front of them professor jonathan turley who was a fox contributor that uh, he, he could be any on any station. I mean, he doesn't have a Republican or Democratic bias to any of it. He just looks at the Constitution, and he's extremely knowledgeable and very articulate. And then there was one that was good in forensic uh, finances, and then the other one I can't remember. I think it, in IRS investigator or something. But they had these these witnesses there, and it was a six-hour program. Thank God I had to go out and get an oil change. <laughs> and go to the pet store because otherwise I probably would have sat there and listened to this crazy shit. But when I was listening to it, I had the remote in my hand because every time the Republicans got up, they were saying, well, we've got this email and it says blah, blah, blah. And we've got these bank statements here and they say blah, blah, blah. And they're, they're, they're delineating evidence that Joe Biden is probably complicit in Hunter's businesses. No no giving or taking, say it was incompetence or it was just he didn't know or he was a good father or any of that. You know, they're blatantly saying this guy's a, cr a criminal. It's a criminal conspiracy. And they're going through it. But every five minutes, the Republican is replaced by a Democrat. And this is, this is what I want to get to, is that you watch the Republicans and they seem sane. They're presenting evidence, bon bonifiable evidence. I mean, check, check. De deposits and withdrawals are pretty damn good evidence and then you get the the democratic party it's got to have five minutes somebody from the democratic party and on i'm going to ask dolly because she watched part of this too if confirm what i'm saying every single one of these people said there's no evidence and trump's behind this entire investigation is that right? Yep. I couldn't handle it. Five minutes, I was out of there. I don't think I even lasted five minutes. Trump this, Trump that. And I was, I'm sitting there. It's supposed to be the Biden mafia, not Trump, 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 Trump. And what they said was all lies, so I had enough. I went away. What Nancy says is true. It was just such an idiotic presentation. And to take it to a to another level, 
Okay. Every once in a while, remember they got five minutes, and sometimes they ask the witnesses some something. At one point, I had the the, the Democratic person on mute, so I don't know exactly what she said. But then uh, Comer, the the head of the uh, inquiry hearing, he all of a sudden was talking, so I you know listened to him, and he was apologizing to uh, Professor Turley. Because apparently this Democrat had said, you're a Fox contributor and you're, I don't even know what she said, but he was flabbergasted. He said, I apologize. And he turned to her and said, you know, this is absolutely un- unacceptable behavior. So I should have probably kept that one on to know, be able to tell you guys what she actually said. But th- the thing of it was, was that it was so surreal. It's like everybody that was a Democrat was either reading from the same Bible right. and giving the same story or they were totally delusional but they have no concept of truth maybe they were all AI well, I, that's what I'm saying it's so insane so right I have now. a I have an interjected comment on this politically and then want to throw it right back to you because the demonstration of your point is this uh, I read when upon our return that Nancy Pelosi had passed away. I have met Ms. Pelosi on two occasions working as a technician for theater, which she was doing political events. I find her a disgusting human being in every sense of the word. However, comma, I would never have continuously wheeled her out to make her vote because it was a political benefit to me. Did she really? Pelosi die? died. That's what I've read. Yes. Nancy no, Pelosi. No, 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 no. Feinstein. The other one. Oh, Feinstein. Feinstein. Sorry, yeah. wrong oh. name. Yes, man, wrong we name. Met her. Sorry. My point. I got all though, excited. My <laughs> point. My point being, though, is that I I didn't even like her. I wanted her gone, but when she was decrepit and unable to even do anything they still pushed her out to vote because they don't want to give up her power and now i don't i can't respect people that do that i just can't well most of them are at that age and been there too damn long anyway well and what's his name oh there's just so much ugly in there well my, my question about this is feinstein has been on the edge of death for at least two years. Right. Why did they? Why did they take her out now? Well, where's her clone? <laughs> no. Why did they take her out? Well, let's just look at what just happened. Okay. So they, the Senate has lost a Democratic senator, but the California governor, who is a Democrat by the name of Newsom, is the guy that can appoint somebody to replace her. So it's n- not any skin off their Senate numbers to have her die now because Newsom's going to appoint another Democrat. Well, a while back, Newsom was asked in a you know CNN reporter or somebody like that, um, well, can you guarantee that if you have to replace the senator, that you will put in a black female. 
Okay, and this is all on tape. And Newsom said, absolutely. So Newsom has locked himself into this concept that he has to pick a woman who is black to replace Feinstein, Stein, whatever, Feinstein, replace her. Okay, so now you go, okay, so which black woman are they going to pick? And this is where it gets so very, very convoluted but interesting, okay? I don't think it's going to happen, but I just want to say that this is, you know, this is where we're going in in, in, in the, the theater that we're in, okay? Okay, so what if the governor of California puts the Senate position and gives it to Harris, chooses Harris, the vice president, at the same time that Biden says, uh, okay, she's she, she resigns, he can pick another vice president, and he picks Newsom. And then Biden can leave the stage, and Newsom is the, you know, the Democratic king to be. Isn't that a wild story? Oh, man. Uh, that. <laughs> You know, but see, arms I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, if we talk about these things, they're likely not to happen. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've got a lot of other options there, but this, I just, it just was like, oh my God, talk about theater. I mean, That's a nightmare, Nancy. <laughs> well, Bobby Kennedy is, uh, excuse me, doesn't like to be called Bobby. Robert Kennedy Jr. is. Uh, going to announce something in the 1st of October in Philadelphia. And he's apparently going to tell people that he's done with the Democratic Party and he's going with the Liberal Party and he is running for president as the representative of the Liberal Party. And that will put a real twist in the whole ball game. But he's already he's already done a, an announcement on this date in this city. You might want to pay attention to what I'm going to say. And then you get the leaks it had been talked about that he was thinking of that going that way anyway. So and then we have the um, debate. Oh, my God. That was the second thing I was going to tell you about. Insane, insane, insane. These seven people that were up there were like children. And somebody had said, quoted some famous person just that week, and they said, children, when they're born, are savages. They have to be trained. And I swear to God, it was like watching these savages on the stage. It, it, was, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. It started out okay, but then there were meltdowns all over the place. And uh, so what, what happened was that Trump, not even being there, gained five points right after that debate. <laughs> right? So, so it's definitely Donald Trump that's going to be the nominee for the Republican Party, no matter what happens. But, oh, my God, it, it was just such a strange week because you want to take, you know, we were talking or something was brought up about, you know, us not paying attention. I think it was on Jan's show that people didn't pay attention to politics. But there's one of the reasons that you don't pay attention to politics is that they don't let you see what's really happening. I mean, if, if, if you want to know 
oh, they passed this bill. The bill is 800 pages. But you can't read it till it's already passed. You, yeah, exactly. You don't. Have, you can't even know what's in it till it's passed. Of course, Nancy Pelosi said that. She set that up. But I mean, it's like they hide what they're doing. So even if you're watching it, you really don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, you know, when 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 I was studying the the Nazis. Um, and, you know, Jan does a real good rundown about the Nazi influence in, in all of this. You know, the Nazis did not disappear. 20,000 SS officers disappeared. Okay? And they came to America and Russia and uh, Argentina, Chile, all over the place. And so you had... And they infiltrated the Masons, the Freemasons. I write about this in Cosmic Reality. Um which you can get as a free PDF if you go to blogs and books and blogs and you know you'll find a free PDF. I highly recommend you look at it. It'll give you such a background on you know how it is that I came to the point of understanding what all this crap hole is and I really I, I I think I know less now than I did when I wrote the book because it gets getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> the farther down that rabbit hole you go it's just like insanity. But um Dolly, did you have any anything you you said you had something you wanted to talk about? Do you remember what it was? Well, I don't. I the list that you sent on the email. You sent the list yes, of the three items. I did. I sent that list so you all would know what I had so far. Okay, I didn't um, see it. I sent you a thing that said I. I didn't see it. I, I know, but I didn't look, Dolly. Sometimes oh. I just don't have time to look. You know, you can tell me anything is there, but if I don't have time to look, I don't look. I didn't see it. So, do either of you know what the three points were? Was that what happened? What? Did you do that today? Yes. Oh, I don't have it either on my email either. Well, I the think I sent it to you, Mona, because. I thought, well, if Nancy wants to uh, wants to copy this the thing so she can paste it on um, on why, the site. That why do they want to de- defund this man, the Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin? What's the story behind that? He's crooked and he's too much being shown, and they want him out. Because he's hurting their party. He's doing more harm to the party than helping. They need him out so people aren't looking at him saying, oh, Democrats are dirty. Um, Is he the Secretary of Defense? Is that who we're talking about? No, I think that's... I thought that was Mayorkas. Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. Oh, the black man. Uh-huh. Yeah. I do not know what he did. I never got into the black man, but I saw that they were really close to getting him out because they were they voted to pay him a dollar and uh then one more thing was on it and oh shit i don't know about the black man i just sent that because i saw it they're trying to get rid of him they're trying to get rid of mayorkas he's that dude uh 
with the bald hair and he goes and he um he keeps keeping people safe he keeps trying to protect the Biden mafia and they have been after the republicans and some even the democrats have been after trying to get him out because he's so crooked he's ruining democrats again and um I sent a picture, which I think I can get, and 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 put the link in in the chat. Let me look for it, and I'll put it well, in there the, whenever yeah, I find it. General Milley, the head of the uh, uh, Joint Chief of Staff, he's resigned. Well, okay, I won't say anything. What it would involve the. Uh, what? That place nobody believes but me. What? Um, you know the... Where they tell how the many real, people real are raw, being... Real, real raw news? Yes. We're not, about, talking about, we're not talking about what might be. We're talking about the theater we're seeing right now. So for most people, Millie is the general of, you know, the Joint Chief of Staff. And this is an indication that they're taking down the heads. You got Millie, you know, you've got, yes. if, you're, if you're correct about the other two, those two are coming down. And uh, I think well, that guy Malor Ma Ma begins with an M, whatever his Mallorca. name is. Yes, I think oh, he's the head. I think he's the head. where it uh, is. Republican Andy Biggs has passed an amendment to lower the salary of Alejandro Mayorkas to $1. Next step, he says, is removing him from office. I think he's he the head of Homeland Security. Yeah, I think you're right. The other guy is the De Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. The House voted last night to defund the salary of Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Let me get these. And here's the McCarthy thing. Uh, this shows the picture of McCarthy in in the house with his a pic with a flag of Ukraine in his lapel pocket. It's in his lapel pocket to Ukraine. What's he doing in our house with with a lapel within his lapel a flag of Ukraine? There's Ukraine. Um and I just want to point that out to people as much as I can because he is not freaking in there and he's he's the what Pelosi, you Speaker of the House. He's a Speaker of the House wearing a Ukrainian flag in his lapel pocket in our house. Why is this allowed to go on? Why, I ask you. He, he, we are Americans. He's fighting in our American house for the Ukrainians. 
And he's doing it very blatantly and nobody's saying anything about it but me. And I'm pissing about it pretty bad. And here is hold on. Here is the uh I think it's my orcus. So you can see that uh, that's what Andy Biggs is talking about. I'm sorry, I didn't expect to get on. Andy Biggs is where he passed the amendment to lower salary of Alejandro Mayorkas. I think once you see the pictures of these people, you will understand who I'm talking about. That's the way I am, anyway. Okay. Now, this one, this is the black gentleman that, well, he's not a gentleman. Asshole. Um, where Carol Austin maybe fund him. This is that guy. Dear. Paste. And here is the link to that dude. So you can see who I'm talking about. Maybe get a clearer. I'm sorry. Hold on. Now she's putting these in the cosmic reality chat room, right? I believe so. Yes, yeah. yes, I am. So that the listeners can see too. Oh, so that's one, two. That's the three of those. And then, for a fun one, I I got the one from Trump imitating Biden getting lost on stage. This is freaking hilarious. Hold on. <laughs> he really did do that perfectly well. It was freaky. He was he was he was speaking in front of the uh, United Auto Workers, and, and you know Biden had gone out there and stood in the picket line, and he, he goes and talks to him on the night they were having the debate. And he was so funny, he did. He said, you know, he says, look at me. Here I am. He said, now, here's the person that, you know, is the other guy. And he starts walking around just like Biden does. And it was like, oh, my God. He was so there's steps sense to the left, steps to the right. And he's turning around and walking into the background. Right. But Dali also sent uh, another video, of a very short, I think it's like less than a minute long, where um, uh, Trump is saying this is his second term. He actually said it. That the, the, the first, uh, yeah, you sent the, the, the video. I know yeah, I got I it. Didn't, I didn't listen to him all. Oh. I was having a rough day. That's why I sent it to you. I didn't know if I'd make it tonight. Oh, okay. It's very, it's short, but it's it's like he's openly admitting that this is a second term. He he's even admitting that the first the first term was, you know, positive and a lot of good things were done. The second one, not so much. So he's admitting that this is his second term. Well, yeah, but he's continually made references to that because he believes that he is still the president of the United States. Uh, well, I do too. And we, yeah, I do too. I mean, he's absolutely correct in it. At one point, he said a different kind of second term. 
And that, I, I just, it froze in my mind, a different kind of second term. And I but swear that, I've heard him say words to that effect, too. But, yeah. and, but the, 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 see, the, the other complication in, in this type of thing is that term of what? Are you talking about the republic or are you talking about the corporation? Right. You know, because he could very well be talking in terms of, okay, the first four years I was working for the corporation. In the second two years, I was not working for the corporation, but by all of the standards of election, I was the president. And now we're declaring a new republic and I will be the first president of this revived republic. Which I think is really cool because I think that there's a high chance that uh, Donald Trump had had the previous lifetime of George uh, Washington. So that would just be karma. Mm, Sweet. You know, you tried to take it away from us. I've come back to haunt you. (laughs) Yeah, if you haven't listened to Cosmic Creating with Jant earlier today... You should take a a listen to it. It's full of very, very interesting information. Because one of the things she does is she she touches on uh, on, uh, Fulford's report. And he is taught. I I really like it because it gives an overview of different countries and things that are happening in different countries. And it's not just in the United States that you're having these amazing, you know, situations occurring. I mean, again... I'm sorry, but that thing up with the Nazi in front of the Canadian Parliament, that just strikes me as a white hat operation. Because Trudeau would go out and talk, when he was talking about the truckers not wanting to get vaccinated, and he called them Nazis. He continually was referencing them as Nazis. And now you've got this, I mean, they apparently knew the unit that he was attached to. When I listened to it, I said, well, they're actually giving credit to the unit that he was attached to. And I knew that that was a, a Nazi unit. How, all you had to do was Google it, for God's sakes. So the fact that he got up there, I mean, just to me is... Beyond belief, and it sounds like it was a, a, a white white hat operation. Hey, let's have them have this big ceremony for this guy that's really a Nazi, you know. But anyway, Jan says that he's looking at to move to uh, Costa Rica, Castro's son, to be closer to his father's homeland, I guess, <laughs> versus Canada. So, um, Yasmin, Bob, are you out there still? Are we boring you, or did you want to say anything? What, what's your take on this? Or maybe you don't even look at this stuff. We're we're here. Um, I think, Bob, you you looked into it a little bit when we got back, right? Wait, well, which part of it? The the secretary stuff or the political stuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I watched some of the hearings. I wasn't impressed. I can tell you that. Um, and and I don't know what they can do in five minutes. And and you know I want 
I want people to investigate if we think there's a two-tier system of justice, but I don't have an answer to that. Alejandro Mayorkas, I have an answer to that. I don't care who you are. The border's not secure, and that's your job. Seems pretty simple. Lloyd Austin, how much he gets paid, taking money back and forth, making useless resolutions about what they do with money for people. I don't care about that. I'd rather see him do no resolutions and just fix the border. How about that? Well, our country's shutting down financially, too, because here's September, tomorrow's October, right? Right. They passed a resolution. We're not shutting down. And even when we do shut down, we still pay people. I mean, what kind of shutdown do you have when you go back to every agency there was and you say, look, we're not only going to give you your back pay, but we're going to give you 3% on top of your back pay because you were inconvenienced. That's not a shutdown. That was a bonus. Where, where, where do we as citizens in our country draw the line and say, we're tired of the way you spend our money and we don't care what side of the aisle you're on, we need to make some changes. And every chance we get, we don't do it. People don't know the word boycott or how to, you know, bring right, up a right. voice in it. We wouldn't be as far as we are with the CV19 thing if it wasn't for those ones who knew how to investigate and be curious against this obstruct. There's two words I'm thinking at the same time. It's a, you know, this horrible situation that's gone on for the last three years and that they're still going to try to pull an emergency thing and then use the NWHO or whoever they are that are also full of criminals. I mean, people just, they, they aren't. They're not looking. They don't care. My wife used to uh, just tell me this, what I call the conspiracy theory on FEMA camps to curtail anti-COVID patients when it first happened in the beginning of 20. And I used to joke with her, I said, it's not going to happen. It's the United States. We can't do that. Australia talked about doing some sort of camps. And then two weeks before our trip, so this would be three weeks ago, when the migrant crisis, that's what they call it, a migrant crisis in New York, um, happened, they were talking about putting everybody in FEMA camps. And I look at my wife and I go, what do you know? Your conspiracy theory came true. Yeah, they'll pick up all the veterans and the, the homeless people that are Americans and put them in there so that there's room on the streets for the migrants. Right. So one thing more I had. Was the Chicago mayor is calling the gangs, the mobster gangs, uh, the, the kids and the people who go in the stores and rob them. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't yeah. remember. I, th I thought those were underprivileged youth. Are we talking about the same people? Sure I you. think we are. Uh, but he's calling them something else that is absolutely, absolutely insane and ridiculous. <laughs> okay. a, reporter, a reporter called it a mob. And he said, don't call them a mob. They're not a conspiracy. They're not mafia. That's what he said. And and then he did. You know, these are like what Bob just said. Yeah. Delinquents. Along that line, yes. Delinquents. But you see, the, the, the difference here is that we know now that this is all intentional. This is not stupidity. This is intentional. They're doing a hell of a job of it. 
what's stupid is the people that are keep watching this happen. Now, the other thing that people, I think, are missing is that just because the Democrats have been in control of, like, California and certain areas, doesn't mean that, that the people living there were voting for them. Right. These people are so corrupt. They've had the voting machines. Everything, everything, everything has been designed to cheat. And you, I don't know how many of you remember this. I certainly do. When they were running in the 2020 election, Biden said, I have the best, how do you, say, how do you put it, the best system for, for, for stealing the election than there's ever been created. Something to that effect. Right. I, I mean, got it. Oh, okay. It's, the mayor insists on calling mobs large gatherings. <laughs> large gatherings. Yeah. Of hoodlums. Yeah. Large gather. And they were all black, too. So what's happening out here in California is, despite what you're reading everywhere else, and this happened, I think, six days ago in Oakland, California, when a young, uh, underprivileged individual tried to gain the automobile of a privileged individual, was individual, Two karate instructors were walking by and saw the young, underprivileged man attempt to negotiate the vehicle from the older, privileged man. And they reminded the young, younger man that that was unacceptable behavior. And after he was taken away in the ambulance, they reported that they weren't going to put up with this anymore. Verbiage. Isn't that something else? Verbiage. It's like it was on TV because they can only use the certain verbiage. <laughs> it's disgusting. It really is, isn't it? Well, the children don't know these words have been changed to make us look idiot. <laughs> right, because when you... When you go about your business today in the universe as an older person like myself, and you start talking to some 25-year-old kid nicely over at the Lowe's, he thinks you're talking down to him. Like, I lost my daughter, who is now yesterday 26 years old, because I brought up, um, oh gosh, now I, I could say it somewhere else, you know, the 1984 the guy who who told us all this was coming around. Orwell. Yeah, Orwell. thank you. Yeah. And she's like, no, no. And then she lives in Philadelphia, which really is kind of funny, too. But she hasn't talked to me in years because I brought up Orwell. Going, you need to check your history books, girl. So, yeah. You're so right. Oh, oh, not still, still within the subject matter. The, the the most insane thing that happened this week was that the Senate changed their dress code so that Fetterman from Pennsylvania, who dresses like a slob, who's been replaced because the first one died, he was so incapable. I mean, he was he was he wasn't there. And so but you got this guy that keeps wearing all this garbagey stuff, not the suit and tie thing. And so they changed the dress codes to accommodate him. And then the world went, are you nuts? And so a few days later, 
they revoked that not by revoking it by but by establishing a clothing rules and regulations of the Senate that required the suits, right? So it's like you you got all this stuff to worry about and this is what you're doing. It's the only thing I remember the Senate doing in the last three and a half or two and a half years. Oh, geez. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't watch everything that they do, but this is like the only thing that caught my attention. And, and, and then, and then they had Pat Fetterman going in and he's dressed in a suit and he's got his two thumbs up like, yeah, look at me. It's like, what was this all about? Another one of those crazy-ass, unbelievable stories that makes you really doubt the sanity of the people that are supposedly running this place. And those people are living and working in buildings that are highly 5G. In my opinion, they could all be programmed. Mm-hmm. Even if they weren't bots, they could they could be programming these people. You know? I think I have a legitimate question here. So... If if there's a new dress code and I identify as the fire engine that I've always wanted to be, what do I wear? <laughs> oh no, there was some, there was some guy that said if you've got a dress code for men, what is it that transvestites are supposed to wear? Do you have a dress code for them? Absolutely right. And then what about the other twenty six genders? Are we going to determine that as well? Oh, so in the place oh. where we are supposed to be blind, we are going to what separate people and classify them? Just checking. For one person, for what? What's a one person in a three three hundred and fifty million population? What's the fr- what's the fraction of the fraction of the fraction for that? And you're going to spit on a custom that has been there since the beginning? I mean, this it's like you know all this this uh, equity, 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 the screaming equity. Just do you guys realize that the black community is thirteen percent of the population? The Latinos are 17%. I mean, I'm sure the Asians are much less than that. 63% of the population is white. Where's the equity here? These people keep demanding more and more and more. I'm listening to The View. They've got five people on the set, and three of them are black, and they're talking, one's talking about there's no equity, and the other one's talking, yes, there is. Tim Scott was saying, yes, there is equity. But then I said to myself, Three out of five are black people. Isn't this equity? When they only what? I don't know the the population. How many black people? See, it's 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 like they're they're telling you that you have to have X number of black people, X number of Asians, and the Asians are very low because they don't like to compete against them. And and in some cases, X number of white people. This is in your colleges and your universities. Now, they put out some law and regulation that they couldn't do that, but I haven't heard any more about it. And there was a number of people who said, oh, you can get around it this way and this way and this way. You know, so but it's it's like I'm giving I'm giving you the big picture of the race card. OK, but then you talk about the transvestites. OK, it's one. It's, it's like point one point one percent of the population is transvestites. So you're changing legal documents? I was listening to them talking about this this court. I don't even know which court it was that they're changing the you can't call them he or she, you have to call them they. 
And of course, the you know the Fox comedians had a, a great time with that. You know, are you are you guilty? No, they're they are guilty. <laughs> Who's they? You know, I mean, it was like they went through. A, I mean, it was unrehearsed, but it was funny as hell. You know, it's just, and it starts with the vocabulary. They change the words. Right. And once you start changing the words, you're because we know that. From Russian scientists, that the most powerful change that can be made to DNA is through the human voice, the human frequency. So all of a sudden, you're changing. You know, you're, you're, there's no mothers and fathers. There's birthing parents. You know, I mean, it's just like no, 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 no. This is one crazy ass place we're in. But sooner or later, we'd be out of it because, I mean. I, there's a lot of frustration out there and just relax you know it's playing out for those people that <clears throat> you know are are stuck in in this limbo brain dead existence they don't argue the facts they just call you names and walk away and behind the scenes they try to destroy you that's the opponent. saying remember that he told you things are going to be happening Last part of September, first part of October, he said this this week was the start of the big ass things to to that are going to hit you in the face. You don't even have to watch for them. He says they're here. <laughs> watch them. I, yeah. I just wanted to get that in before the end, Nancy. Red October. Okay. Yeah, we're into Red October tomorrow. Okay, so um, you're gonna watch the red o hunt for an October. No, no, it's the red, red October. They're saying that it's gonna be a, a real red October. Red October comes from a tendency in uh, voting that in October you drop some bombshell that's gonna destroy the person you're you're going up against. Oh, I'm sorry. I knew that as October surprise. I was confused. Oh, yeah, Red October, too. Well, that's also when the communists took over the Soviet right, Union. Right, right. Okay, yeah, I get you. Okay, so um, you guys so want to say, say goodnight from here. We're going to plug our jazz show tomorrow night on our channel that's at 7 p.m. Pacific because it's really good and tell you how grateful we are that all of you are out there and safe and that and we're grateful. We're alive. And we're alive. <laughs> give, him, give him the, give him the uh, website. Uh, you can get a hold of us on RadioBobUSA.com. Okay. And uh, Dolly, you want to say goodnight? Goodnight, everybody. Thanks for being here and listening. Um, don't forget love blankets. They need love blankets. Lots of okay. love blankets. Okay. Thank okay. you. Bye. Mona, Mona, you want to say goodnight? Bless us one and all. Later. <laughs> Walt. Good night, everybody. Thank you for being here. It's been a wonderful night. Take care. And I want to thank you all for being here, not just our chatters out there, but the people on this panel. Be safe, everybody. Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. <laughs>